and we are back at it again pitch invasion podcast this is episode 35 i am zamuloy standing in for loazizi kubo man what a weekend 36, football. 36 episode 36 36 that's how deep we're in that's episode how deep 36. we're in uh, before we get carried away i am with it's a hurting wounded uh in need of love Ola Makwazi. and Back on top of the table. No, you're, no okay, yeah, well, well, well Mecca in the key. Man City, I'm gonna win. As, as of as of 12, 12 p.m. Uh, the sixth of May. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you've had a, you, you're hurting, you're wounded. Arsenal, one side. That your treat, your team is. I think, I think you probably say trash at, at your at your angriest. Orlando Pirates. Oh, you know when I, when I when I think of the Orlando Pirates results against uh, Cape Town City FC. If, it, if there was um, Arsenal fan TV outside and DT was like, we've got a bunch of bottlers out there. <laughs> no, look, I think in the par- look in Pirates' circumstance, I don't think they bottled it. Um, look, they came from a goal down and eventually went 2-1 up. And, you know, they, they had to park the bus at some point because, you know, the result was there. Yeah. And, you know, winning at Cape Town City has never been easy for Pirates. I think, you know, they've got two draws, two losses there in all competitions. So... It's not easy. Plus, you know, you're up against Benny McCarthy, who, in some way, as, as brief as it was at Pirates, you know, has a bit of a legacy at Pirates. Yeah. I mean, with the treble and all of that. So he also has a bit of an axe to grind because why would he want to, you know, give Pirates any favors? Mm. So, I mean, you see, you right, you right, you said the interview, like, I'm loyal to the team I'm either coaching or I'm playing for. Exactly. So. And, you know, he's got interests of his own. He yeah. also, I mean, he was also within a shout of the title at some point. Mm. And there's also continental football on the line. So he's playing for his own interests. But I thought, you know, the guys really played well. I mean, coming from a cold down is not easy at any level, and especially a game of this intensity. You know, they were just unlucky, to be honest to you. And, you know, Wayne Sanderland had to come up with some really, really good saves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, credit, like I said to the team, because they withstood so much pressure from Cape Town City. I mean, at some point, Pirates could have easily been 3-0 down within the first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. And for them to show that determination and just to have that sort of composure to collect themselves and go get the equalizer and eventually take the lead, it says a lot about this current Pirates team and the way Mitchell set up the team, which is something I've said the whole season, that Mitchell has set out the team you know to go on the front foot and I really like that and that's what I saw from Pirates so look what obviously Sundowns have a game in hand and I mean they they had four games in hand yeah. and drew all four of those games yeah so you know who's to say they're going to win this next game and you know then you look at the last game it's literally a showdown I've got tickets we're painting Orlando Stadium black. I'm, going. I'm going okay the last game of the season Hopefully Sundowns would have slipped up. I think the next game against Golden Arrows and, and then they have free sisters. And then they have free sisters who also themselves will be hungry to survive. So that's not gonna be easy. It's not a given. Emeka, uh Michu says pretty much the mathematics is, is, is not really in their favor. So they've got they're on fifty-four points, sundowns are fifty-three, but obviously that that, that game in hand. Do you agree? Is it is it a foregone conclusion that sundowns are gonna are gonna wrap this up? Look, we've seen... And they're out of the CAF Champions League, so... We've seen some incredible um, scenarios in this in this uh, title race. We've seen it not just in South Africa, we've seen it in Europe, we've yeah. seen it everywhere. Uh, teams right now, whether they've survived relegation or they're fighting relegation, the final games mean so much. Mm. They, 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 I think they, they come to a point where they kind of respect their fans and they don't want to be seen to... To just give in easily. They yeah. want to win every game and they want to go out of the season 
you know, with, with some good results. So um, I've always said that a game in hand means nothing unless you win them. So Sundowns have got their work, work cut out. Uh, the good thing for them is that they, they know that they're out of the, the running for the, for the second star that yeah. we so uh, give them. Maybe we jinx them, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they, they, we, everyone expected them to, to, to win and they couldn't find a goal. So that could be a pointer because, you know, I, I remember um, speaking to, to Shukrani, who's the, the media officer, during the week and saying, you know, you beat Alali 5-0. Um, can you get five against, against White Casablanca? And can they win? Because it, the Paris has, has a, a goal, goal advantage mm. against them as, as well. So even if they don't mm. win, and they get to a point where it's down to, to goal difference. So yeah. for Sundowns, they just have to, have to go win those two games. And it's not going to be easy. Uh, for me, I think it's still going to go to the wire, to go to the last, the last game. And, uh, and then we'll see what happens at the end of the day. I mean, like, for me, though, I'm looking at... So Sundowns are out of the CAF Champions League. But against Arrows, the Sundowns have won the last five. They haven't lost to Arrows since 2015. You look at Free State Stars. The last time Sundowns lost to Free State Stars was 2011. 2011. Yeah, the, the problem is that they, they don't have to lose um, to, to lose to them. Yeah, but it's... You it, know, can, can they win? Because, because you know, it's, it's they, a case for me. I'm saying, like, these, these are games that an, a Sundowns B team can win. They had a lot of... Sundowns had a lot of games in hand. Yeah. And they drew all of them. And that's what put them in... I mean, they should have wrapped up this league title... Uh, long ago. Yeah. So you know, for me, you know, until they win those games, it's still what it is. It's mm. it's still a very wide open race, and um, we just have to to stop looking at. Oh no, this team can 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 win. We've seen some really really crazy results and, and some some shocking results. I mean, um, Cape Town City, whether they want if they won the game against Paris over the weekend. Doesn't put them in, into the, in, the, in the running for the league title. No, no, no it doesn't. It doesn't. But spoilers. They, yeah. But it's still. It's not, it's not about spoilers. They, yeah. they have. They have to get a result. Yeah. Pe- people who are trying to win are looking for a favor. Mm. You know, it's, it's not going to happen. Did you see that? You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to end it. Yeah. You've got to end it, and, and that's what we've seen. So what I've enjoyed about this season, not just here but everywhere, is just the fact that, for once, you, you have teams digging in there and saying. We got to get a result. Mm. One, one minor blemish, you know, about the season for me is, you know, the conclusion of the Sundowns saga with Wayne Aronson that has taken, <laughs> you know, a baby could have had been had in that period that they took that long, right? And, you know, a, a matter happened in August last year gets sorted out in April. You know, what's that? Eight months or so, okay? And I, I'm looking at it this way: Sundowns only get fined; they don't do- get dog points. If the rule says that is what the outcome should be, can I just see those rules, at least? Can I see the rules that say if a team fields an ineligible player, mm. if it, you know whether the player has been suspended, whether the player is not on the team sheet, whatever that rule is, I just would like that transparency to at least see what the rule actually states. Because it's funny how they always give out, you know, rule whatever, whatever, point, whatever, slash B, you know, whenever somebody has been, uh, let's say, maybe a, a team has faced a disciplinary hearing because of crowd violence. I mean, we saw Bloomington Celtic get dealt with accordingly, right? 
when they had uh, they failed to provide uh, adequate security against Cape Town City. So there was a rule there. The rule said X, Y, Z. You see it when players get suspended for disciplinary hearings and so forth. They tell you this rule. How come, right, in this sundown si uh, situation, I have not heard anybody, no media outlet whatsoever, bring out the rule that says, okay, if you feel the player that's ineligible, here's the punishment. That's all I want to see. I, I think that's that, it. I think that, because for me as a Pirates uh, fan, yeah. I'm now saying that's now two seasons in a row now, right? Because we had the Andorra <laughs> situation <laughs> where he scored against us and we never got compensated for that. Yeah. And now I'm looking at it now, sundowns, you know, fielded an in ineligible player against Vince. Mm. And why aren't Vince also making a fuss about it? Because maybe that game could go to them and then they but wasn't the case of like they're blaming this more like thing of either that statute of limitation thing Emeka brought up a while back ago and even the whole thing of um, it's like the, it's just the match commission agreed so but uh, yeah. th there's a rule yeah. I just want to see the rule yeah. Where the, the, the match commission still has to follow rules yeah. <laughs> One I, way or another, I, yeah. I agree with you about they have to follow the rules my problem is just simply you know why take so long mm. you know because they took so long whatever, whatever decision they took now would be deemed very unfair because I mean it would, it would have had a very very grave impact on on the outcome. Amika, let me ask you a question. Let's take this to Argentina, right? Buenos Aires, okay. If Boca Juniors did this, how how long before the River Plate fans arrived there at La Pombonera with petrol and some lighters <laughs> and burned that stadium down because, you know, they robbed the league title? How long would that happen? Let's not encourage violence now. No, I'm not encouraging <laughs> violence, right? No, no. All I'm saying is go to Scotland, Hampden Park. How long would yeah. it take, right? For that to last, if if if, if um, what you call the Celtic, okay, that that, that would be Celtic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How long would it take? So my point is, you know, also for Pirates fans not to be outraged at this is it's ludicrous. Well, I think maybe that's it's ludicrous. It's it's interesting. It's actually maybe also points to a sign of of, of maturity in that we don't respond to to to. No, no, quote I think, unquote injustices I think, I think also, like that anymore. But could it not be that people just I don't also, know the rule or I think, maybe I think, I think also, there is no rule about a player who's not on the team sheet? I, I had conversations with, with people from different clubs yeah. um, about the same issue and it would appear like everyone just kind of wanted it dealt with, dealt with in, yeah. in a... Um, how would I put it? I think amicable, amicable way. Eight yeah. months, Amika. Because of how long it's, it's taking. Because if you look at it, you have you know I pointed out the last time also that the reason I asked Cape Town where they are today is because they didn't deal deal with their, their issue uh, on time, yeah. and and it came back to, to bite them, and they ended up being relegated. So for me, I think that uh, the PSL has got to put their act together. They've got to try as much as possible to take a leave from the, the Premier League. And how and and, how, and even the English FA, how they deal with issues that come up. Mm. The the if it comes up, uh, the the guilty party or the the um, offending party is is cited. They're given um, a hearing, and the matter is resolved. With, yeah. Resolved. There's a fine, or there's a there's a there's a suspension, or there's a, there's point docs. It is dealt with swiftly. You can't wait eight months. I mean, because of Ajax, how long did it take? It took like the entire season. It was so oh, an, well, issue, yeah. Yeah. an issue that had to do with registration, which should be their own problem because surely they must have in their in their database some some um, tool that alerts them if something irregular is is yeah. posted there. Yeah. Same thing with with the case of Arendse because if if he wasn't registered to play on that or rather listed to play on that day, 
They should have it on their. H- hence, their I system. say, can I just see the rules? That's all. I just want to see the rules. Yeah. So I can say, okay, they made a decision. Based go on, on go on Google the rules. Yeah, I think I will do that. <laughs> I think I will do that. Speaking of uh, IX Cape Town, IX Cape Town are not coming back into the APSA Premiership uh, next season because a certain Stellenbosch FC have taken the automatic spot into uh, the Premier League, into, into the APSA Premiership next season. Relegation, promotion, playoffs coming up in that time. But isn't it amazing that we've got another Western Cape based team? coming into the Premier League. Premiership, oh, I, uh, that is. I think, I think it's great um, for us to see uh, a team there and also see a team that's not linked to a township. Sure. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I covered that game yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the crowd, they don't look like they stay in Stellenbosch. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Uh, look, it, it was... Um, yeah, you know, when I watched the game yesterday, I think, you know, they only um, needed to, you know, avoid defeat yeah. and hope that um, Royal Eagles lose, which they eventually did lose. And, you know, it's great for South African football also, I think, to, you know, and I, I want to broaden this on a racial standpoint. And I hope, you know, I know this is a sensitive issue, but hear what I'm saying is that I'm a firm believer that you know diversity is what makes sports great. Mm. Okay, so also one of the biggest biggest untapped assets assets of South Africa. Yeah, you know I think the diversity in sport is great. I mean I watch the uh, I know this is cricket now the the CSA T20 final. Yeah, and you know we, we were talking about transformation for all these years, mm. and I see a Temba Pavuma captain who, you know, leads that team with yes. the team, I think majority or, or it's a 50%, you know, black, white, and they won the whole mm. the, team with the whole tournament, yeah. right? And I look at Stellenbosch FC and it's a largely colored based team, obviously being in the Western Cape. And I think, you know, that opens up, you know, another market into the league. It opens up and brings in another community and brings in another style of play, mm. you know, because when I look at the 96 FCON team, you know, I, it was the most integrated team I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Black, white, colored, and even Indian, okay? And we win FCON. Yeah. And since then, you know, you know, we've had the, the token, you know, we've had Matthew Booth, then that's it. Then we, you know, we'll have uh, Furman, then that's it. You know what I mean? I, I, I just believe we need to integrate everybody and get styles of play in there. You yeah. see it in Spain. They've got the Catalans, they've got the Basque, and they've got the Madridistas, mm. and they go win World Cup Euro and so forth. So I think Stellenbosch's rise to the NFD and eventually now to the PSL opens up you know, that market and opens up that discussion because, I mean, some of our best players like in that. our country, hello, hello, Benny McCarthy, hello, yeah. Sean Bartlett, hello, Delron Buckley, or Khaled, mm. right? So we need to re- Ignite, you know, the colored communities. Uh, pardon? Mark Williams. Mark Williams. You know, we need to reignite you, Quentin Fortune, right? We need to reignite maybe in, in that community and reignite that fire to say, look, guys, you know, maybe we've kind of sidelined so many races. Santos used to have, have exactly. uh, Santos, a, a good, good yeah. continuum. Yeah. And that's so, something like Vasco. Um, but the one thing that, I've, that I, I see with that whole uh, arrival there is the conversation I had. Um, a few years back when Tottenham were here and some, some of the fans came from Durban. It was the first time I heard from them that there used to be actually a, a, an Indian team back in the day that was very formidable. And, and you know, when I think about how many teams you have from, from KZN that are in the, in the, in the PSL, yeah. 
Um, and the and lack of representation. Yeah, and the lack of representation. We need to to find um, you know a way to try and as much as possible get more and more demographics from from different um, aspects of, of society. Um, I, I mean, my son plays in the in the LFA here, here in Hauteng, and and every time I go to those games where the, you know there's under 10, there's under 15, you find a lot of white kids that are very good players. Mm. Now, because some of them have uh, maybe second passports because of their, their heritage, um, what happens is that they don't get tracked, and before you know it, a few of them, uh, you know, end up emigrating to, to Europe. Portugal. To Portugal. No, not just Portugal. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of them from England, from England and yeah, Belgium, everywhere. And they go and nobody knows anything about them. Once they're up, there, yeah. um, on, unless someone actually digs deep to find where they were born, you probably yeah. wouldn't know. I mean, Hans Funk, um, when he was keeper for South Africa, I remember I, I spoke to him during AFCON, AFCON 2000. And he, uh, you know, and I was like, you know, you're Dutch. Why do you feel inclined? Because he was born in Johannesburg. He was born in Johannesburg, and and that's that's something that Safa, uh, the 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 local uh, regional Safa, and all of the local football stations, they need to to find a way to track all of the promising up and coming players, and then. You know, the one thing that shocks me the most, especially for a city like like Johannesburg, is that all of the teams that are that are here, apart from Vitz that are in the university, most of them come from the township. Are you saying that there are no kids who play football in Santin? Or mm. kids who don't play football, football argument who play football in Four Ways? Who play football in, in Randburg? You know, you've got Randburg FC. Yes, you've yeah. got um, um, in Rudiport, you've got a lot of those those uh, those players. Yeah. So the, the the way to to widen the the, the scope mm. of, for talent and also the diversity of 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 the of the team is to be able to spread this thing out there and maybe this is one way because with Stellenbosch coming through somebody might decide okay look I need to invest in a team in Santin I need to invest in a team in um, you know somewhere else in 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 Durban where you can get maybe some more Indian players. You know, you never know. I mean, I'll give you an example, right? I know I seem to be going uh, off sport, uh, off football to other sports. <laughs> uh, you look at the NBA, right? The NBA also made that shift because a lot of the players in the up and early days were coming from the hard courts of, 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 uh, of the hood or the projects and so forth. You fast forward time now. Steph Curry is not from the hood. No. Clay Thompson is not from the hood, mm. right? LeBron James not necessarily from the hood, right? And those are some of the. Well, you might disagree. But well, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. What I mean is, he's not like you know where Allen Iverson and them yeah, are. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in that those, back street, right? Uh, those, so, those are uh, likes of Allen Iverson. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Those, yeah, are, the, those are the guys who come from from the core of the project. So exactly. And especially. Um, not just the projects, but also the the street ball culture. Yeah, you know the street ball culture. It's something that that you know came out of the of, the, of you know uh, places like Compton and and you know some other Harlem, places New York, Phillies and so on. But but a lot of them, that culture permeated, you know, even the 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 suburbs where the more affluent people live because it's with basketball it became became more of a lifestyle yeah. and, 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 and a movement that was embraced by, by everyone. So uh, the, the football culture here has got to, you know, be, be, be more than classy flavor. You are listening to the Pitch Invasion podcast.
the podcast for football travelists. Well, I think uh, on, on that note, well done Stellenbosch, Stellenbosch uh, Royal Eagles and Milano, they'll be, I think, is Ajax still in, still in play? No, 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 no I think yeah, it's so, so Royal Eagles and Milano United will be contesting the relegation playoff battle there. Um, to link that, Stellenbosch, Benny McCarthy, just one note, Saturday, I was at uh, Huawei Joburg Day, TKZ were performing, they did Ishibobo. It, I still had goosebumps. Yeah. I, I, mm. I still have goosebumps. Still a good song till this I still day. have goosebumps. And speaking of Bafana Bafana, Itumilin Kun is not going to AFCON. Yes. Now, what does that do for Baxter's planning? Because obviously there was that contention of like, do you, do you bring him back in, that kind of thing, in spite of his injury? Because now you've got, Kun is definitely not coming back. We have Keat, who's on the sidelines at Wits and not playing him because he's not signing a contract. Um, Discussion on who else would who else would would be would make up the, the the three goalkeepers who are going who are going to Egypt for Baxter. It's been I mean we we had a lot of drama around some of his choices yeah um, but you know he's got to look at it. Darren Kidd obviously is going to be number one. Yeah. Um, I, I mean I would go as far as looking for. But when Sandilands hasn't had a bad season, no, he was go. You know, so you need to bring in someone with experience and someone, who, someone who's got a presence. Um, who, when the chips are down, I know with with Sheikh Mashaba, we had this very weird situation where he played the three Afghan games with three different keepers. Uh, we're not going to have, <laughs> and also had three goalkeepers on the bench. On the yeah. bench, yeah. Yeah. So, remember that. So yeah, so we need to we need to look at at how we get we get um, we get this team. Uh, prepared. If you have two good keepers, then maybe yeah. there's a chance to throw in, uh, you know, Rowan Williams, maybe. I think, honestly, um, you know, the Kune situation, I, I'm not so sure about his injury, how long-term it is, right? Yeah. I think maybe the social media side of Kune maybe dented people's uh, image of him coming. I mean... No, but but if, he's, if he's not fully recovered, how do you I, take him to I that? don't think he's not fully recovered, to be honest. But the thing is not going. I know he's not going, yeah. but I, I think that maybe... You know, because Kuna has been up to a lot on social media, so maybe He's some of that nice pose shots. We like we like those shots. Do you know what man, I mean? Like so maybe some of that has come into play. Man. They're like, hey, you can't take this guy right up. You know what I mean? I'm not so sure Kuna is that injured that he cannot play. I think maybe. There were other forces to do with it. Okay. But he's not going. And I think Wayne Sandiland has... De- Listen, without Wayne Sandiland, Pirates are not even in the discussion for um, the league title yeah. as things stand. So, and he's done a lot to overcome you know, some of the demons he had last season and to take that position away from Bojana. So he's done a lot. So I think you have to get him on the plane. And Darren Keat, and you know, to be honest with you, a third choice keeper. I don't care even if they got him from an indoor team at this point. If you've got the first two, the first two goalkeepers are good enough. So, but what is wrong with with Rowan Williams? Yeah, I can take him if you want. But I mean, you know, the the first two, Keith Sandilan, the third one, you know, really, how often does a third choice goalkeeper play anyway? Now. Banyana Banyana off to France. Great uh, send-off for them, uh, for, for the Women's World Cup. What do you think is a mm, a respectable showing for them? Because they're, they're, they're in a tight group. They've got Spain, they've got they've got um, China. No, I think it's South Korea or Japan, one of those. They've got China, they've got Chi- China in the group. They've got China, they've got Spain. I think they've also got Germany in their group. Um, so what's a respectable finish? Banyana Banyana. What, if 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 you were Desiree Ellis, what's your what, what are your thoughts around around? I'm going. We're going to France. 
You know, to be honest with you, I think Banyana Banyana have already won the moral victory, okay? You know, they made it to the AFCON final, Yeah. you know, just were edged out. And Timmy Khatlana, player of the year, Desiree Ellis, coach of the year, they've won the moral victory. I think anything outside of that or anything in addition to that, let me say, um, is just a bonus. You know, getting to the World Cup, qualifying legitimately, not by hosting. Yeah. Hello, Bafana. <laughs> right. I think to me, you know, puts them up there as just, you know, already national uh, heroes. So. Look, I, I mean, against Germany, I mean, oh gosh, the German sides at any level, men, women, teenagers, under fives, <laughs> you know what I mean, embryos, like they're just, they're really lethal. So it, it, it's going to be a tough ask. I mean, Spain, again, same story. China, China's women's football is actually really, yeah. really good. And I know they invest a lot in mm. women's football. So, you know, for Banyana, to, if they can at least you know, get a point of some sort. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great victory because, you know, you've got to look at the context of women's football in the three countries that they're playing up against. We're talking about established it's professional league. leagues where women get paid on time, mm. right? As opposed to playing, you know, regional leagues and tournaments and so forth. So you're up against established orders. Mm. And I'm sorry to have to say, but Banyana's, you know, just the, the establishment is not at that level yet. So I think anything, you know, if they get a goal or two, I think that's big. If they get a win, that is massive. If they come out of that group, okay, <laughs> each and one of those ladies deserve a house on the spot. <laughs> so I, I think really anything, um, yeah, to me, you know, they're already uh, national heroes. Jamaica? Um, for me, I think that, you know, They've got to try and not lose their first game. Um, if they can get something out of the first game, yeah. then, you know, who knows? Uh, if they don't go with the mindset that Bafana usually goes with, where they look at teams' rankings and look at uh, some of those those things. We've seen Bayana Bayana play with, um, with a free spirit, mm. where they've just had a go at teams. Um, if they don't cage them too much, you know, out of fear, um, then going to, going to the World Cup for the first time, I think they should just go and have fun. Um, for me, it doesn't matter what the, the outcome is. Qualifying is, 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 a, is a great step. Um, whatever they'll take out of this tournament will be there. Nigeria, the first time we went to the World Cup, we got hammered by it was Sweden or so. I can't remember how many goals. And even uh, our best performance in '99, we got to the, the quarterfinals. We lost our first game to the US by 7-1. Hmm. But it, it, the girls rallied back, and they got they got something out of it, and then they progressed. Uh, they, they lost even the quarterfinals very narrowly. I think to, I think it was to Brazil also. So you know the thing is, you've got to to instill a certain sense sense of belief that you know you can get something. And for the girls, it's an opportunity for them to maybe shoot, prove that they they have something to offer. Maybe they could get good deals as well. So yeah. that could be an incentive for them to try and, and, and get as far. And I guess it's a showcase thing for them, for, exactly. for, for a lot of them as well. Exactly. Um, I'm just hoping that uh, a certain Timmy Khatlana has an inside track on some of the, the, the Chinese players that we're playing against because she's recently mm. gotten a, a deal to play in China. Now, and I hope they don't pull these stunts. Remember um, in 2002, um, World Cup, a player by the name of Anjung Hwan in South Korea, 
uh, scored the goal that literally sent Italy out, out. Yeah. came back to his club and they cancelled his contract <laughs> so, Perugia please, uh, yeah, please yeah, I, I hope they don't come with these stunts if Tembi Khatlana scores the goal that takes China out of the World Cup and goes back you know and you know to like cold reception yeah and, we've and seen all of that before but look if Tembi has a chance to score, to score five goals score. please go ahead and score those goals man must score, if must China score. doesn't want you England, someone, someone else who wants yeah. you, so don't, don't look back. Speaking of England, uh, I'm not going to touch on, on Liverpool just yet. Ola, Arsenal, Manchester United. Oh, gosh. Out of the top four. You know your, your predictions a couple of months ago? You said, you, you said Chelsea was going to make it into the top four. Yeah. And for, there was a part of me that was like, how, Ola, how, could, how can you actually say that? Chelsea are third. Tottenham are a friend Tottenham of mine. are fourth. They're fourth. Arsenal are not going to beat any team 7 0. Let's get that straight. Away from home. A friend of mine sent me one of those, uh, you know, when Facebook, like, a place is now safe. Yeah. And, and he said, uh, top four is now safe from Arsenal. <laughs> you know, you know, and like, my, my issue is like, why are Arsenal and Manchester United so bad? I don't know, get it. To be honest with you, I. I don't know why Manchester United are so bad, to be honest with you. I cannot honestly come up with answers, especially given the fact that after Solskjaer took over, yeah. you know, everything... They should be pushing on. Yeah, I say they were gunning for the Champions League as well, yeah. you know what I mean? So, and they went in for the FA Cup as yeah. well. So, I don't know what happened there. I, it's, it's really a conundrum for me. I, I honestly have no answers to it because it's the same players, the same manager, same system. With more no, security. Nobody's got injuries. And they just, I think they've won two of their last nine or ten games in total. Hmm. Something crazy like that. In Arsenal's case, you know, I'm kind of not surprised because essentially Una Emery, you know, you know, I watched Arsenal Fan TV and I know a lot of the guys were on Una Emery's case. But essentially Una Emery is still dealing with a lot of Arsenal Wenger's players. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And he's only had three of his players. You know, three of those players have actually stepped up for Arsenal in the context of the season. Lucas Torreira, mm. Bernd Leno, yeah. and Socrates. Yeah, yeah Guendouzi hasn't, you know, Guendouzi is a promising player, mm. but I'm talking about the guys that, you know, regularly start. So he's actually done a lot, you know, with those players and also the measly budget that he was given. Yeah. And he's got more points than Wenger got last season and he's got one, you know, foot in the Champions That's League a lot. in the UEFA um, Europa League, League yeah. uh, final. So the guy has done well, irrespective of what people may say. Yes, he was supposed to get into the top four, but I mean, you know, I mean, I look at the Tottenham team, you know, the Tottenham team is this is a once in a generation team for Tottenham. Teams like that are always going to be good until they get dismantled. So you're not going to easily knock them off their perch, right? Irrespective of whether they did or they didn't spend. And the results that really killed Arsenal was the loss to Crystal Palace um, and obviously the one on Sunday against Brighton. Yeah. And I don't and think... Everton. You know, th th that's away from home. The away form has been bad all year yeah. round. So to me, that's just, you know, a dog bites man, right? <laughs> but the games at home, and I said this to friends of mine, I'm going to give them a shout out, Atletico Fluhoff, right? I play indoor with them. I, I don't know if I Get said Get one of their goalies to play for Botana? Matt, no, right? <laughs> I think I said this to the, I know I said this to them. I'm not sure if I said this on his podcast, but Pierre Emerick, I said it to you as yeah, well. Yeah. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is going to score more goals than he's going to win games for Arsenal. Mm. Yesterday, 
culminated in that. He needed to have scored that goal in the last two minutes mm. and he fluffed it. And he would have won the game and he's failed. I'm sorry, there are so many players at Arsenal that are overrated. And look, I don't know what Emery's budget is going to be because Stan Kroenke is tied with Arsenal for some odd reason. So that's what we have to deal with. But, you know, Arsenal's failures literally have come, I would probably say, you know, those two games specifically, you know, Crystal Palace and Brighton at home, mm. where four out of six or even three out of six takes you to the top four mm. and they got one disappointment. Mm. Gutted. Now, a certain Loaz isn't here to defend his team or, or to, to complain about his team, but even uh, Ma- Manchester United, ha- um, what you call legacy type, type people, where uh, a certain Aaron Scholes, the, the, the son of of Paul Scholes is saying to a player like De Ligt, don't bother coming to Manchester United, go to Barcelona because we suck. <laughs> yeah, mean, that, that was hilarious. I mean, to, to think that uh, the son of Paul Scholes can, can go to that, that extent tells you just how, how they've, they've dropped. Um, it's quite unfortunate, but um, that's, that's how the cookie crumbles. Man, Man United, you know, just haven't uh, done a lot. And what I find really funny was um, is the fact that they, the team was doing well when Ole Gunnar was there on a rescue mission. Mm. The, the moment he was confirmed as manager, it seemed like something just changed in either the way he, he approached the, he, his methods or the way the players reacted to, to him. I don't know what, what it is, but you know, they, were, they were fine. They, they, were, they, they had gotten a good run of results up until even the, the Champions League, the, 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 the loss yeah. um, came coming soon after Ole Gunnar was confirmed as, yeah. as manager. So it's, um, it makes me wonder if it's not a sign that, that perhaps he was better off just getting the job done and, and leaving at the end of the way. season and maybe getting a, an, another manager. I don't know. Hmm. Now, uh, Emeka, we're not going to dwell on Liverpool because uh, we're recording this podcast before Manchester City play their penultimate game of the season. So we're going to leave the Liverpool-Manchester City league conversation to episode 37, which is going to be after after it's all said and done in the Premier League. Now, in the UEFA Champions League, I, I, I posed a question earlier to you, and you said maybe I was, I, I was going ahead of myself. I said, if Ajax reached the UEFA Champions League final, can they beat Barcelona? And you said, you think that Liverpool will no, come no, back. No, I don't think. I'm saying, I'm saying you're already <laughs> assuming that. That's... But is it not safe to say? This is 3-0 against, a 3-0 deficit against a Barcelona team that has an on-song Lionel Messi. Uh, you know, I... I there were two things. I was working on TV on the day of the yeah. of the AC Milan Barcelona. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, AC Milan Liverpool, Liverpool game at That's Istanbul. At Istanbul, yes. Yeah. And at halftime, I remember being asked um, if I thought they could get a result, and I said, and I said, you know, they get a, they get a, an early goal um, in the second half. Maybe that could spoil them, and they get a second goal. Then as long as they don't concede, who knows? Anything can happen. I, I, in my wildest dream, I didn't think it was it was possible. Emeka, if Liverpool come back and beat Barcelona, I'm taking you out to dinner. I'm saying it. I'm no, saying we, it on this. We, we we will take you out to dinner. dinner. If Liverpool no, come back and can, can I just say this right? Um, last year, Barcelona beat Roma four one. Yeah. So they had a three goal advantage, which is the same sort of deficit that yeah. they're going into. 
The difference is this year around is that they have the sort of players now to deal with that sort of high pace physical mm. sort of style that Roma brought uh, at the um, Stadio Olimpico, yeah. right? And that's what Liverpool are going to give them. I mean, the, the, the Arturo Vidal is there, yeah. you know, Arthur. The, you know, Arthur is there, you know, that sort of player to combat that sort of style. And to be honest with you, I've seen Real Madrid with an inform Cristiano Ronaldo, inform Bale, Benzema. I don't remember them scoring four against Barcelona hmm. at the Bernabeu. So I just don't see. I know Liverpool scored three yeah. against AC Milan, but they didn't score four. They need four this time. And it's at they, Anfield. They don't need who, four. Who have Liverpool scored? They need, they need three goals. And then it's, oh, it's and then it's game on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then it's game on. They, first of all, they have to be they have to score three to be back back in the conversation, and then that's it. Uh, so we need to we need to wrap this conversation up. Uh, I'm still going with Ajax, Tottenham. Sorry, I think it's going to be Ajax versus Barcelona in the in the final. Imeka, you're saying Liverpool Barcelona. versus whoever? I don't oh, care. Goodness. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're gonna leave it there. We know what Ola thinks. Pitch Invasion is the podcast for football travelers. To contribute to the show, pose a topic of debate, or just complain about your favorite team, send us a WhatsApp voice note on plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven. That's plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven. Or send us a text message starting with hashtag pitch invasion. Remember to follow the Pitch Invasion podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username Pitch Invaded. Catch episode 37 next week. Loazi will be back. Enjoy your weekend. Cheers.